and here we are. Glad that you're able to click on and follow us along as we look through 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Hope you have your copy of God's Word. Also hope you brought along your favorite t-shirt. I brought mine as well. Something very unique about our favorite t-shirt. Sometimes it's a particular brand. Sometimes it's a particular color that it may be or the fabric. And we enjoy wearing that t-shirt a whole lot. I do too. You may see me wearing it probably too much. So the title of today's message as we look into First Peter, as he was writing to a group of believers who were scattered across modern Turkey, it's, what's on my t-shirt? And as you put your t-shirt to the side, and as we look in here in God's Word, we're going to come back and look at the t-shirt, because it has a lot to do with today's message. And you'll have to stay with me about 15 minutes, and as we look through the scriptures here, beginning in verse 13 of 1 Peter chapter 3, as we see the title of today's message of what's on my t-shirt. Um, it says here in verse 13 of 1 Peter chapter 3, as we entitled the message, what's on my t-shirt. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Peter's actually asking a rhetorical question. A question that doesn't need to be answered because who in their right mind would think they would experience anything bad or any type of consequences for doing a right action. And so that's what he's saying. No one in their common sense would think that if they did something right that something bad would happen. And then he follows up in verse 14. He says here with this conjunction, but and scholars seem to think indeed would be the better word. So, but, or indeed, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you're blessed. Paul, or Peter, is writing here, and as he's writing, the audience would know that he's speaking of something that is unlikely to happen. And as you, we looked in verse 13, and who is he who will harm you? if you become followers of what is good. Common sense tell you you wouldn't be harmed if you did good. Now, if you went out on Highway 49 and you sped, um, you could expect getting blue-lighted, pulled over, and possibly a ticket. And then he goes on to say, indeed, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, he's saying this unlikely possibility has become a likely possibility and that these believers who didn't think they were going to be persecuted, now Peter is spending a whole time focusing on persecution because before it was something in the backdrop of what he was writing in this letter. But now it's at the very forefront, and this is the primary topic that he's using here in verse 13 through 17 of chapter 3. So how do these people respond to persecution and the circumstances that they are going through, what type of attitude and actions are they to have, and how is that to respond to us as believers even in the, in the current situation we're in? Peter, reads, Peter wrote here, so bid even, or if indeed, even as you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you're blessed. 
This word blessed is the same word that Jesus used in the Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. And this is the same word here used here. So if you are persecuted, made fun of, ostracized, forgotten about, uh, because of persecution dealing with godly matter that you have been, your actions have been godly, you're blessed. And that word blessed means inner contentment. It means fully satisfied in Christ, regardless of the circumstances that are going on around you. You're fully satisfied with Christ who dwells within you. With the time we have remaining, there are two statements that I want to make uh, that goes right under this title, uh, What's on My T-Shirt. The first one is this. Crisis should not make us give in to fears. Crisis should not make us give in to fears. Because when you look back to your scripture in verse 14, and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. So with these believers who are scattered throughout modern day Turkey to whom Peter was writing to encourage them and what they were going through as believers, said, you have nothing to fear. Not even the crisis of what you're going through, if it's persecution under Nero or you're being reviled or shamed or, or made fun of, you're blessed. And he says here, don't be afraid. This is a backdrop that Peter writes from is Isaiah chapter 8. And it goes even farther back in Isaiah chapter 7 where the king of Judah felt private fear and national fear when the northern kingdom was one to take over the southern kingdom. And this is where the scripture quotes for us in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12 through 13. And the prophet Isaiah spoke from the Lord. The Lord would preserve Judah. The Lord of hosts, him shall you hallow. Let him be your fear. So we don't have anything to fear, nor be troubled, is what the scripture says in verse 14. And the word trouble means shaken up. Um, a lot of emotional turmoil. And so with this fear, Peter follows up with it and he says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And when he says sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, that word sanctify means set apart. And so as we are being set apart by God, this is telling us to treat Christ as the Holy One that He is. Let Him be the Holy One that He is. Believe that He actually has complete control over all events, even in what you're going through, even with the fear of circumstances, fear of the unknown, fear of the known, fear of someone else. Peter's saying, you have nothing to fear. Jesus told us, back in Matthew that Levi wrote for us, whose other name was Matthew, that don't fear him who destroyed both body and soul in hell, but fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Because the worst thing an unbeliever can do is kill you, but he can't touch your soul. So set apart Christ in your heart. Let him rule and have control over the events. Let Acknowledge him, that worship him as that. 
and also doing so in your heart because this is where fear dwells fear dwells deep within your heart so what is within you eventually is going to manifest itself so what is inside is going to eventually show itself on the outside so whatever i am fearful of down deep inside is eventually going to show itself and that's what peter is saying to these people don't be troubled don't fear he even went back to isaiah and said hallow god him he shall be your fear so in this crisis that peter was talking about with the persecution is the same crisis or not same but it is a crisis maybe a different magnitude here is a pandemic dealing with health this was a spiritual strictly spiritual that was dealing with persecution of believers this very well is spiritual too but he said the troubles and the fears don't let that worry you don't let that eat at you on the inside so the crisis should not make us give in to fears secondly crisis can become an opportunity to share our faith first of all crisis should not make us give in to fears however crisis can become an opportunity to share our faith you say where do you see that from i see it in the scripture see here in verse 15 but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for your hope so after you have set apart christ to be the holy one that he is the one that's set apart in your life as holy and you want to worship him and him alone and you don't want to fear anyone or anything or anybody except him he is your fear and so this gives you an opportunity through any crisis to be ready as an opportunity to share your faith because this is what peter says in your conduct to the employee to your spouse to the government allow them to see your good conduct and as they see your good conduct they will want to know the reason for your hope and he says here this be prepared be prepared means be ready that you have fought through this that you have biblically thought through and meditated through this what is scripturally important that you need to be conducting in your life so you are being prepared for a defense and that defense is what some some scholars say is could be a legal defense in front of a jury or or it could be just accusations informal accusations coming at you and it could be spontaneous you you, you couldn't see it coming but through your godly conduct somebody comes and wants to know the reason for your hope and so you're ready with your defense not an apology is where we get this word here apologetics from and we're not apologizing for anything but we're given the defense for our faith of the hope now back over in chapter one peter talked about this living hope and in this living hope it's growing it's active it's ongoing it describes our inheritance that is faultless flawless and fadeless it says in verse 4 of chapter 1 to an inheritance 
incorruptible and undefiled that doesn't fade away. So this is where we get that t-shirt idea from. I borrowed that idea from a preacher in Atlanta some years ago, so it's not original to me by any means and just borrowing it from him. But a crisis can become an opportunity to share our faith. I know the other day as I was going into the bank or to make a deposit and a lady recognized me, one of the tellers, and she asked me, called me by name, asked me how I was doing, and of course, Monday, you know what every mindset was on, and she said, we all need to go back to Kneebone Valley. I said, wow, that's pretty neat. So I began to converse with the teller in front of me and what this teller had said over here, and it was an opportunity to inject my belief into this conversation, but also allow that teller to inject his belief into the conversation with me. So there it was, a spontaneous um, conversation. It wasn't expecting that to happen, but it did, but it had to be prepared, had to be ready. And when you do this, it says in verse 15, when you give your hope, your living hope, the reason for this living hope, you do it with meekness and fear. You do it with the idea that you respect the other person, you have dignity for the other person, you're not trying to overpower them, you're not trying to be aggressive, you're not turning red face and spitting on them and pointing, pointing your fist at them, but you're doing it with all meekness and fear. But you also, the scripture says here in verse 16, that you do it in a good conscience, meaning it's just good old integrity, that you're a person that lives beyond approach because this entire letter, as I'm looking down, looking at my Bible right here, then this entire letter that Peter is talking about our conduct, conduct to our spouse, conduct with other people. And so our conduct should be above reproach because if our conduct is not above reproach, then what we say and what we do, they don't line up. So crisis can become an opportunity to share your faith and a crisis should make us not give in to our fears. Here you are back to your t-shirt and this happens to be mine but I'm not going to draw on it. But what would you draw on your t-shirt to let people know about your living hope and that it would be simple and that it would be clear and that it would be grounded in biblical truth Mine comes there in verse 16 where Peter says, in Christ. He's talking about the whole picture of Christians. And the Apostle Paul used it in his letters as a spiritual um, reference point for believers. So I'm going to take this clean sheet of paper, of blue, and what I'm going to do is show you what I would put on my t-shirt. It's not the best circle, but there is a dot. But here, and this circle represents Christ, and that little dot represents me. I am in Christ. That would be my design on a t-shirt. Not the dot, not in the very center, but off to the side. And if somebody would ask, so let me tell you about my living hope. My living hope is that I'm in Christ. And I would be able to explain a little bit more in that 
I don't know if you're in Christ or not. You may be living in fear of what's going on around you with the pandemic and it's gotten you spiritually thinking of what could happen. But if you're not in Christ, you can only expect spiritually bad, not good. And so this is the time that maybe God is speaking to you through this scripture that um, you're in a spiritual crisis. And that spiritual crisis is that Christ is not Lord of your life. And he wants to become Lord, but he will only do it with your permission. In order to do that, you've got to be willing to repent. Place your faith in a risen, risen Savior and turn to Him to be your substitute, the one who paid the full price for your sin, and call upon Him as your Lord and Savior. And then you as a believer, as you have your T-shirt, and here it is with mine. I know this looks pretty sloppy, but I would put that design on my shirt with a whole lot more uniform circle than what I have. But that would be my t-shirt, what's on my t-shirt. So the question goes, what's on your t-shirt?